Please stand for the reading of God's word. We're playing musical chairs today. Yes. Sorry, guys. Back up. <laughs> okay, we're in Romans chapter 6. We're reading verses 1 through 11. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You can have a seat. Um, welcome to Trellview Church. Thank you for being flexible with us this morning as we've had to add a bunch of chairs. Um, we're so glad to see each one of you here today. Um, I want to encourage you, if you came in uh, over the last little bit before our welcome, uh, you should have found, unless it's a new chair, um, one of these in your chair. It's a connect card. If you wouldn't mind filling that out, we'd love to connect with you, um, figure out if Trailview is the right spot for you. If you, um, if you live here in the area, we'd love for you to, um, to make Trailview Church your home, uh, a place where you will be encouraged by the gospel of Jesus Christ each week. Um, so I'd encourage you to fill that out if you wouldn't mind, and you can do a few things with it. You can take it across the hall to our connect room. Uh, and Brent, Pastor Brandon or I will take this from you, or you can drop it in the black box that's by the door on your way out this morning. Um, uh, this week is a unique Sunday, um, not only in the life of Trailview Church, but a unique Sunday in the life of nine particular people. This morning we get to celebrate uh, how the gospel brings new life, and we're symbolizing that in the way Jesus has outlined for us to with baptism. So this isn't normally here, um, but it is this week as we celebrate bapti the baptism of nine particular people. Last week, we started a sermon series called The Gospel, um, and we talked particularly about how the gospel is the means of salvation. And that word salvation means deliverance, to be delivered from something, particularly to be delivered from the wrath of God towards our sin and, and given eternal life, but also delivered from the curse of sin in our lives that we feel on an every single day basis. That it's the power of God um, for our deliverance from his wrath towards sin and the power of God for the deliverance from the curse of sin that we feel every single day. And the gospel is the means of this grace in the life of the Christian. And it's, it is the means by which it shapes the culture of the church to where we as a church extend the grace and love and forgiveness of the gospel of Jesus Christ that we have, we have received to one another in the church. And today, uh, this week, we get the joy of hearing nine of those particular stories, nine stories of deliverance, uh, of salvation, of seeing uh, these nine people follow Jesus in baptism. And so um, we get to celebrate what God has done, celebrate that the gospel is the means by which we are saved, the means by which we are rescued from our sin, rescued from, uh, from, uh, from death, and brought into new life. And so uh, this morning, I don't know, uh, when, you, when you think about this, let me ask you a question. Uh, what actions 
or what emotions arise in you around uh, the birth of a new baby. What, what emotions come in? What actions arise in you? It, it comes with excitement. It comes with joy. Whether it's your baby or it's a family member's baby or a friend's baby, it comes with joy, with happiness, with celebration, with generous giving, with acts of service. All of those things typically come along with somebody becoming, uh, being born, a new baby. And all of that naturally comes with new life. Uh, well, the same thing ought to accompany the, the new life that someone has in Jesus, because the gospel brings new life. That, the, the, that Jesus' death in your place, his resurrection from the grave, his life lived in your place, freely given to you by faith, brings a restored new life to you. So this morning, front and center will be these stories. These stories of how the gospel of Jesus has brought new life to these nine individual people. That stories of brokenness and sin, addiction, abuse, enslavement to anger, the misuse of others, and rejection of God. All of these things, a product of the curse of sin and death, played out in their lives in very real ways, in the same way that plays out in very real ways in each of ours. But... By faith in Jesus Christ, these people once were dead, once enslaved, have been resurrected from the dead, not literally, spiritually, and brought back to life, set free from the curse of sin to live a delight, joy-filled life by the power of the Holy Spirit in their lives. And so today, we get to, we get to see new life experienced in, in two particular ways. One, that in the gospel we have new life in eternity. We have an eternal life. And the second one is that we have a restored new life now. As we read just a few minutes ago, I'll read this now again. Romans 6, verses 1 through 11 says this. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who have died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him in baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we all also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lived, he lived to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. That when, we, uh, when somebody puts their faith in Jesus, they share in the death of Jesus. And it's necessary for them to share in his death, to be baptized or to be immersed into his death from their totally depraved and sinful life, dying with him in their faith, represented in the baptism that we're going to see today, that their, their, their sinful self has been laid upon Jesus and died. 
to no longer be anymore. And this is significant because this means for each person that's stepping into these waters today who's put their faith in Jesus, for each one of you here today who have put your faith in Jesus, your sinful self is no longer who you are. That your identity is not wrapped up in the struggles that you've had in the past or that you, you continue to carry today. That your identity is not the old sinful self because that has been crucified and killed and put to death with Jesus. And no longer is that only the case, but you're also no longer enslaved to the sinful passions that wage war within you. That yes, they're still there. There's still a present wrestle and struggle for every single one of us for particular sins. And, and although they may feel incredibly unique, they're not unique to humanity. You might feel like, oh, I'm the only person who wrestles or struggles with this. You're not. You're not. But for a Christian, despite the ongoing wrestle and struggle with sin and need to repent and believe the gospel, you're no longer enslaved to it. That you're freed from your sin. Freed from those desires. Freed from those passions. Freed by the power of the gospel. Because you share in the death that Jesus has died so that you might have eternal life. That it's necessary for us to share in the death of Jesus in order for us to have eternal life. Because by faith in Jesus, you have been, the, the wrath of God towards your sin has been laid upon him instead of you. And you have freely been given eternal life. That you've been given eternal life. That once you finally die, one day, whenever that comes, you will live forever with God. Forever. There is eternal life. But it's eternal life not because you are good or you are a little bit better than somebody else. It's eternal life because you put your faith in Jesus, that he lived in your place a perfectly righteous life and that he died in your place a satisfying death for the wrath of God so that he might freely give you eternal life and a life that, a life that is forever, a life that's perfectly complete with joy, with no curse of sin or death for all of eternity. But that life is given eternally by faith in Jesus. But it's not just a, uh, uh, the gospel gives eternal life, but the gospel gives eternal life that begins its work of restoration even now in this current life. That the gospel restores life now. When we're freed from sin, death no longer reigns in your life. Which means now what used to be in you is, is suffering, is pain, is is, is death, is all of the things that come along with sin, reigns no more in you. And now in Jesus, you have the ability to experience life. And the, experience, the ability to experience joy. Joy in living out the gospel. Living out your life with the Holy Spirit according to the way of Jesus. That we're going to see here today. People telling their stories, stepping into this water, being baptized, symbolizing that they share in the death of Jesus, that their old self is dead, and coming up out of that water, symbolizing a new life they have in Jesus because of their faith in him. And in that, you're going to hear a story of an old dead self, and you're going to hear a story of the ongoing, yes, future eternity, but now restoring life. You're going to hear stories of, of people who have wrestled with things, who have, have this long track record of just pain and darkness, and they've, over the last few weeks, months, or years since they've put their faith in Jesus, have seen him restore a joy like they've never felt before because of their faith in Jesus, because of their faith in him. So baptism this morning is a picture of this very reality. 
that the gospel is the power of God for deliverance. Deliverance from the wrath of God and deliverance from the curse of sin now in our lives. So I want to encourage you as you hear these stories uh, to, to, to participate in this moment in a few different ways. One, this is a time of celebration. This is a Sunday morning of celebration. So I don't know if you've, if you, if you've been to or go to church on a consistent basis and maybe your kind of normal posture is the sit and stare. Today's the, like, the stand and shout Sunday. Okay, So this is a, a Sunday for us to celebrate what God has done by the power of the Holy Spirit to bring these nine people from death and sin to life with him. So this is a morning where we not only welcome, but we encourage you to clap, to shout, to cheer, to whistle, to celebrate what God has done in these nine people. Uh, The other thing I want to encourage you, if you're a family member or a friend or a person uh, that has walked alongside of the person who's being baptized to put their faith in Jesus, I want to encourage you, when they're sharing their story and as they're being baptized, we want to ask you to stand if if you're comfortable doing that. And what we're doing in that moment is that we want to recognize uh, that there's actually two stories at play this morning in each one of these baptisms. There's the story of the person who put their faith in Jesus, freed from sin, alive in Christ with new life. And then there's the story of how God uses the Holy Spirit to powerfully work through his people to bring somebody to faith in Jesus. That we get to share in this joy, not just because we love them, but because God used many of you to bring this person to salvation. And so I want to encourage you to stand up as they're reading their story. Uh, maybe it's your, your spouse or your uh, parent or whether it's your friend or uh, whether it's somebody you've walked with after they put their faith in Jesus for a while or whatever it may be. I would encourage you to stand um, so that we can recognize and see just collectively that the Lord uses his church to make disciples of Jesus. He works powerfully through us to, to speak and proclaim the gospel. So my hope also would be that this would be an encouraging Sunday, that you would would see friends baptize friends, parents baptize their kids, and you would see this take place and it would stir up and excite you a hope that you would also get to share in the joy of a friend's salvation, that you would get to share in the, the joy of a co-worker raised from death to life and put their faith in Jesus, that you would get to share in the joy of seeing that child you've prayed for to believe in Jesus for years, placing their faith in him. So I want to encourage you, as we do this, to stand. The other thing is, after each person reads their story, we'll have a responsive reading. And a responsive reading is similar to the call to worship thing, except there's no leader part, church part. We're all going to read this together. And it's a statement that we're saying over this person um, after they read their story. And it goes like this. You are chosen by God, and we joyfully embrace you as family, and we send you out to make disciples. So we'll say that collectively over the person after they finish reading their story. So the other thing is, I want to encourage you to, to, to not, uh, that as you're participating this morning, to, to listen, and, and not only listen, but to let the Lord speak to you through these people. That each one of these people has put their faith in Jesus and God has uniquely rescued them from sin. And in the unique story of God's rescuing and salvation, it has a powerful way of speaking and working out in each one of us. And so uh, maybe they wrestle with something or did and they've been freed from it that you do. Or maybe, maybe you've yet to put your faith in Jesus and hearing these stories might just encourage you to take that step of faith in Jesus. So I encourage you this morning uh, to listen 
and let the Lord speak through these nine people to you. And so with that, uh, we're going to start with Ray Sewell. Um, so Ray, if um, you guys want to come on in, uh, we're going to hear Ray's story and then a couple of his buddies are going to baptize him. Life was ordinary, and I was doing the typical American dream, trying to build a career and provide for my family. I never really thought about where I placed my hope and thought it was all a matter of luck. I was aware of God and had been told about Him and how He's an important part of life, but never sought Him out. In 2020, besides all that is COVID, I ran into some personal problems and felt hopeless. I was struggling with my employment and not wanting to be stuck at a job that I did not enjoy. But what drove me to Jesus the most was the marital problems that came with the year 2020. I had no idea where to turn and how to proceed. I started to feel like I had no one to go to and no, and no support group. At this point, I was at a low and looked for ways to connect. I searched for groups and something told me I needed to look into church. And when I searched for a local church, Facebook suggested Trailview. It linked the connection from Natalie, Natalie's Fit for Mom group to Trailview through the Wooten family. I requested to join their home group and they took me in with open arms. Immediately, I was able to share my struggles and receive feedback and support. Looking back, it was God at work and I found a group I did. I started to turn from feeling defeated and alone to having a feeling of opportunity. This was a huge turning point for me and my family. I was fortunate to find a group of friends and supporters that I did to turn to me towards Jesus and give in, give in and ask for forgiveness. Since putting my faith in Jesus, he has helped me to survive 2020, rebuild my marriage, and find a new career that I'm excited about. I do not worry about where I am headed as I know that where I'm supposed to be. Some struggles I still have are, remem are remembering that no matter what is thrown at me, I can handle it with the help of God. Amen. Amen. Trailview Church. I encourage you, if you're in Ray's home group or friend of Ray or any, any relationship, to stand as, Ray, uh, as Ray's baptized. Ray, we're going to speak these words of affirmation over you before you get baptized. And it goes like this, church. You are chosen by God, and we joyfully embrace you as family and send you out to make disciples. Um, Ray, are you uh, being baptized today because of you put your faith in Jesus? Yes. Then upon your profession of your faith, Jesus Christ, I baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. My name is Brayton. Whoa, whoa. That is weird. You're doing great, buddy. My name is Brayton Lundy. Before I became a Christian, there was more anger and division in my life. God was just some guy that I could talk to when I was mad. He wasn't the all-powerful God that I know that he is now. Before God, before God, my hope was in my parents. I was seven years old when I became a Christian on June 12, 2016. I was in my house with my family, and it was bedtime. 
I was nervous and laying in bed when I told my parents God was calling me. When my dad heard that, he got excited and told me to get out of bed and come downstairs. We talked about becoming a Christian. That night, I was joyful knowing I was saved from my sins because Jesus died for me. Then it took four years to bring up the courage to tell the pastor that I needed to be baptized, which was last Sunday. After I became a Christian, I got I get along with my brothers better. I still get upset at them, but I am quickly t- quicker to repent and say I'm sorry. If you are a friend or family member or know or, or Brayton, I want to encourage you to stand now as we say these words over Brayton. You are chosen by God, and we joyfully embrace you as family and send you out to make disciples. My name is Nathan. I had a lot. Oh, my name is Nathan Lundy. I had a lot more hate and anger before I asked Jesus to come into my heart. My hope was in my parents to get my brothers in trouble. I thought God was just an invisible person that I could get him to do whatever I asked. When I was at RA camp during the summer of 2019, in the morning church building, during the worship time, the person on the stage told everyone to raise your hand. If you took me. Oh, if you are ready to for Jesus to come into your life. So I did. Then my teacher, Mr. Jonathan, took me to the back of the room and asked me questions. He asked me, what does it mean to ask Jesus into your life? I told him, I want to give, live a life with God, but my sin doesn't want me to do that. So I asked God to forgive my, me of my sins. Now I want to be baptized to show others that I have put my trust in Jesus. Now I know that getting my brothers in trouble is not what I want should want because the right thing is to put your faith in Jesus so he can save you. Now I understand that vengeance is the Lord and I have to let him take care of it.
If you are a friend or family member of, uh, of Nathan, I want to encourage you to stand now and say these words with me over Nathan. You are chosen by God, and we joyfully embrace you as family and send you out to make disciples. Good morning. My name is Taylor Maley. My life before I placed my faith in Jesus was full of lies, loneliness, anger, emptiness, and shame. I became a mom at a very young age. I was honestly scared and happy all in one. I always wanted to have a complete family unit and to be loved. All I knew my whole life was to take care of and pour into ones that I love deepest. So I plugged everything I could into my boys and my now ex. Four years of lying, constant cheating, being ignored, and lack of fulfillment from a significant other that I created two humans with. I was devastated. So what did I do? I settled for less more and more every day I agreed with all his morals and ideas. I began smoking weed day in and day out to numb. I stopped thinking about what was best for my boys and I was thinking what was best for their dad. What will make him see what he ha- what will make him see that he has it all right here? It was exhausting trying to please him and be the person I knew that I wasn't. I placed my hope in seeking love from a relationship, and I was willing to push all my truly important endeavors away. I placed my hope in comfort that one day it will be better. I will fix him, and he will see, and everyone else will too. During this time, I always believed there was a God, but constantly questioned my faith. I questioned, if so, then why is all of this happening to me? Why am I not worthy for the father of my children to want to commit to me? Why is everyone else carrying on these wonderful lives and I'm here struggling? Why why have I allowed myself to smoke weed day in and day out to be completely checked out? Luckily, I found an avenue to plug into that began to change my path. I went through a program called Body Boost with Fit for Mom. 
I began that program during the start of quarantine and decided no more smoking, no more negativity. I was finding some of my power. I assumed things were going well in my relationship. Then, of course, again, another cheating occurrence. Enough was enough. I gave him a choice, me or her, and he chose. The next day, I called off our wedding, and I went into complete survival mode. I stayed living at our house with him due to being a stay-at-home mom. Within three months of living this way, I got a job. I got my boys in daycare. I found a place, and I finally moved out. Toward the end of my time of all of us living together, I started to attend here at Trailview. Once I moved out and got settled, I started to attend more regularly. I remember the first time I came back after moving. I walked to my seat, I stood, and tears just poured. This happened to me every single time I walked through those doors. I was really starting to second guess ever wearing mascara to church again. <laughs> I started digging after each service and reflecting. I had everything else in line, but I was feeling angry and empty. I needed to put all this anger, shame, and lost hope somewhere. So one Sunday, as I sat bawling, I decided it was time to put my faith into Jesus, to place all of the shame, the anger, the lost hope, and the yearn to be loved onto him. I was prayed over, and prayed with by Pastor Brandon and Amy Wooten. After this moment, I, I, felt, I literally felt lighter. I felt this weight on my shoulder was no more. It was now okay to be exactly who I am. During this journey, I have been blessed to have had so much support and love. I have had people in my corner pushing me to church and to explore Jesus. So thank you to my mom, Charla, Mark, Amy, and Charlie. The, the Lord uses each and every one of these individuals in my life in different ways to encourage me to put my faith in Jesus. My life has been a lot less angry and delightful in healthy ways after putting my faith in Jesus. My boys now see a happier mom. We've started our own new routines. We read about Jesus. We pray each night. And I've started some new routines for myself. When I'm feeling down, I turn to the word. I read my devotional and journal my thoughts. I struggle, yes, some days I fall into anger, thinking this would all be so different if different choices were made. Some days I feel empty and yearn to be loved. Some days I just want to ignore everything in the world. These days, I remind myself, Jesus already knows the path of what I've done and what is to come. No need for me to live my life in shame anymore. I encourage you, if you know Taylor or the family member, if the Lord's used you along the way to bring her to faith to, to stand, and say these words with us, church. You are chosen by God. We joyfully embrace you as family and send you out to make disciples. Taylor, are you being baptized today because you just took a faith Jesus? And it is upon your profession of faith that I need to baptize you, mother and sister, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.
Hi, my name is Ellie Presley. Before I believed in God, I felt like I was lying and doing bad things and hiding it from my mommy and daddy. I started to realize that I needed God. My friends, my mommy, my daddy, and my church helped me learn that sin was a bad thing and that Jesus takes your sin away. I accepted Jesus in my heart when I was seven. I knew that God loves me and I love God. I knew when I believed in God, God would help me in everything. I felt like God was with me all the time. I was not nervous anymore. I was excited to tell others about Jesus, which I did. I still struggle with lying, but God helps me say sorry to other people and tell the truth. If you know Ellie, I want to encourage you to go ahead and stand. And say these words over Ellie with me. You are chosen by God. We joyfully embrace you as family and send you out to make disciples. Ellie, I'm so excited for this. Uh, your family and I and uh, friends, Uncle Derek, everybody here has been praying for you since before you were born to this day. Uh, and we're just so excited. We know that you are, uh, in fact, a Christian and a fellow believer. And... Uh, we want to ask you today, are you doing? Are you being baptized today because you have put your faith in Jesus? Then upon your profession of faith in Jesus Christ, I baptize you by my sister in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Hello, my name is Bailey and Jones. I used to only care about what I wanted. I was placing my hope in myself. I felt like I had to be good or do good things for God to love me. Life was hard because I was constantly getting frustrated at myself and taking it out on other people. When I wasn't getting my way, I would get very angry and frustrated at people. When I lost my toes, God taught me that he was in control. There were a lot of things I couldn't do at first, during recovery, I read the Bible to pass the time. Over time, as I read the Bible myself and did devotions with my family, I learned that I was wrong in many ways about God. I learned that I didn't have to be perfect to earn God's favor and that God wanted me to live for him and not just for myself. However, I didn't know for sure if I was a believer. I asked questions about how to know whether I was a believer. My mom asked me some questions about putting faith in Jesus and what that means so that I would know whether or not I was a believer. Some of these questions were, do you believe that Jesus died on the cross to save you from your sins? Do you have a heart of repentance? Meeting? Meaning, do you, have, do you long to turn away from your sin and live the way that God wants you to live instead of how you want to live? My answer to these questions was yes. Based on my answers to these questions and more, my parents agreed that I was a believer. I felt a burden lifted off my shoulders. Now I knew that I didn't have to earn God's love because I already had it. 
No matter what I did, the Lord would never stop loving me. This had made me want to live for the Lord and honor him in everything I do. Instead of beating myself up for every wrong thing I did, I felt forgiven. This stopped me from being unkind by taking my frustration with myself out on other people. Trailview, would you join me in saying these words over Balian? You are chosen by God. We joyfully embrace you as family, and we send you out to make disciples. Hello, my name is Gerald Robinson. I was raised in a Christian home and always went to church dutifully every week. I always believed God was good and the Bible was the word of God. But if I'm being honest, as a kid, I would have been more content to stay home and watch TV than being in Sunday school and focusing on the lessons. I could be very hyperactive and my mouth and attitude would often get me in trouble. When I was about 10 years old, I decided I wanted to be baptized more so because I knew it was something people did instead of seeing it as a commitment in following Jesus. My journey from adolescence to high school was marked by bad attitudes, self-doubt, and turning people I loved into idols, looking to, looking to them instead of God for satisfaction, approval, and intimacy. In my senior year of high school, I realized I was not following Jesus as I should and not taking my faith seriously. I became so passionate about knowing the Lord better. One day, I had my grandmother pick me up from school in the middle of the day, take me to Barnes Noble, where I bought two devotionals, then back to school like nothing had happened. <laughs> they might have been teen Bible studies, but they helped me to truly begin to follow Jesus. I knew then that Jesus is who I wanted to know and love above all else. In college, I still struggled with idol making, but God has proven himself faithful again and again. He has continually shown what it's like to put greater faith and trust in him, finding lasting satisfaction in Jesus. November 2020 marked one year free of habitual sexual sin I've struggled with since high school. He has also continued to show me the grace and importance of gospel-centered community like Stonegate and Trailview Church. Even with loving Jesus all these years now, I want to come before my Trailview family and ex truly express my love for Christ by following his instruction to be baptized.
chosen by God, we joyfully embrace you as family and send you out to make disciples. Hi, my name is Eleanor. I live in Crowley, and I have a problem with sinning. But Jesus forgave all of that by sacrificing himself for me. He died on the cross and came back alive after three days. Mary Magdalene saw him. I also have the problem of sometimes feeling that girls are not as important as boys. But I have learned from stories in the Bible that women are important to God. Sometimes I am afraid and think, do I really believe in God? But then I pray to him and tell him my fears, and God makes me feel better by reminding me that forgiveness is a gift, not something I have to buy. I love Jesus with all my heart for what he had done for me, and I have served God with my life. of you, will you join me in saying these words over Eleanor? Eleanor, you are chosen by God. We joyfully embrace you as family, and we send you out to make disciples.
Um, hi, my name is Alyssa Alfaro. Um, growing up, I struggled with my identity due to growing up in a very diverse neighborhood. Everyone seemed to have their own culture and identity, so I tried my best to blend in. I often found myself strongly rooted in my family and our time together. Um, through elementary school, I was bullied for my weight, so it was easy to come home and find hope and comfort within my family. We went to church often and were actively involved as a family, so I did my best to do whatever people expected a child to do at church, memorize verses, know the songs and motions, and get baptized. This caused me to believe that I had to earn God's love since it felt like I had to earn everyone else's approval in life. In 2009, the recession hit, causing both of my parents to lose their jobs, and my sister wasn't home as often due to going to college and having a boyfriend. So I felt like I was losing my identity and needed to find something else. I quickly looked to romantic relationships for hope and comfort. I bounced around from relationship to relationship and found myself so empty. I still attempted to go to church and do all the right things. I even on, went on a mission trip to Haiti to convince myself and everyone else that I was a Christian. While I did learn a lot about God and myself on the trip, my intentions were all about myself and my image. After having one failing relationship after another, I had to come to Jesus moment. I told God I was done dating and I only wanted to be in a relationship with Christ and that the next guy I dated would be my husband. Four months later, I started dating my husband, Evan. This was the beginning of me realizing that God actually listens to me, and it's not just a show. After graduating high school, I attended Texas A&M University. Before school, I went to Impact Camp, which is the Christian version of Fish Camp. It was there I finally realized that this was never about me and my image and my identity, but it was all about Christ. There was nothing I needed to do to earn his love. All I had to do was receive. That realization was the greatest gift because now I could rest in knowing that he knows every part of me and didn't run away. Instead, he ran towards me. Since truly accepting Christ as my Savior, things have seemed to get a little crazier. Later that semester at A&M, I realized I was there because that's what everyone else wanted me to do, along with a multitude of other issues. I left and moved back home. While at home, Evan and I got engaged and married. Then we moved down to the Austin area so I could finish my degree. We started attending the Austin Stone and met our best friends. I'd never been around such a gospel-centered group who actually kept us accountable. We spent about two and a half years there before moving back home to start our family. Now we have two daughters, and through motherhood, God has taught me so much about myself, my sin, and how he sees me. I still deal with issues about my identity and a newfound anxiety problem since being a mom of two girls. But through it all, God has been so faithful to me and has allowed me to be my true self in him. Shelby, will you join me in saying these words over Alyssa? Alyssa, you are chosen by God. We joyfully embrace you as family, and we send you out to make disciples.
listen, when you gain that Christ more and more, you better put your faith in Jesus. Yeah. Then upon your profession of faith, believe in Jesus Christ, I baptize you in the Holy Spirit. Praise, praise God, man. Some amazing stories of how God has rescued people uh, from their sin, from his wrath, given them eternal life, but also began the process of restoring their joy in this world now until they meet him forever. And so I want to encourage you in one particular thing, and that's how do we respond on a Sunday like this? When we hear stories like this, how do we respond? And I want to encourage you to to one, to say yes to however Jesus is speaking to you now. If maybe one of these stories is particularly um, connected with you in a personal way, I would encourage you to, to maybe sit with Jesus in prayer. If you have something you need, Pastor Brandon and I will love to sit with you, talk with you, answer any questions you may have across the hallway. Um, if there's something going on you need, to, you need help with, please let us know. We'd love to pray for you, meet those needs, or help you. Um, the other thing is, maybe you're here today and you've heard these stories of people who've put their faith in Jesus and you've come to the realization that you have not. That maybe you believe in God, maybe you've done the church thing a little bit here and there, but you haven't taken that step of saying, I need to put my faith and trust in Jesus' life, in his death, and in his resurrection in my place. And I want to encourage you not to wait another minute, to not to wait another day, uh, to not say, oh, next week or when life gets to this point, then I'll take this seriously. But for you today to put your faith and trust in Jesus, where you can begin to experience that newness of life that he gives, and you can trust that you have eternal life free from the wrath of God towards your sin, and you can begin experiencing a life free from the curse of sin in, in you uh, today. And so uh, that's simply, Jesus says it this, or the Apostle Paul says it this way, that anyone who confesses Jesus Christ as Lord and believes in their heart that God raised him from the dead, they will be saved. They'll be saved from the wrath of God towards your sin. They will be delivered from the curse of sin uh, and have eternal life. And so I encourage you, if you have not taken that step of putting your faith in Jesus, to do so today. Uh, and that's simply you asking Jesus to save you, to confess him as your Lord and to believe and trust at the depths of who you are in his death and his life and his resurrection for your eternal salvation. Uh, and, and if you need help walking through putting your faith in Jesus, um, while we're singing, you can come grab Pastor Brandon or I, uh, or after we're done, we'll be in the connect room across the hall, and we'd love to connect with you and help you walk through putting your faith in Jesus. Uh, maybe there's a particular way that you've been convicted by these stories that you're not trusting Jesus in your life, that as we sing in just a few moments, I want to encourage you to say, yeah, I'm going to trust Jesus with this now and not trust in myself to provide deliverance from this pain, this trouble, this, this difficulty that I'm feeling now. Uh, maybe that's what it is. Maybe you've put your faith in Jesus and you need to follow him by being baptized. Um, we do this, uh, we will, this is our first time. Um, we'll do this at least three or four times a year where we get the stories, uh, get to hear and celebrate these stories. So if you've put your faith in Jesus, maybe today, maybe in the past, and you need to follow him by making that profession of your faith public in baptism like he instructs us to do, um, let us know. You can do that on this Connect card. It says baptism down here. Um, you can fill that out and drop it in the box on the way out or come across the hall. The next one of these will most likely be um, in May before the summertime. So um, I want to encourage you to, to take that step of obedience in Jesus if you need to.
Um, other thing I want to do before I pray and before we sing a couple songs is I just want to say one more time, uh, if you're new here, we are so glad you're here today. Um, this is, Trailview is a church that is a safe place for you to be, like you heard these stories, who you really are, and let Jesus begin to work in your heart. And so I, want to, I hope you feel welcome. I hope you feel loved. I hope you feel encouraged. Um, and so let me pray, and then we will stand and we will sing two more songs, um, praising God for his goodness and giving salvation to these nine people. Father, we thank you so much. We thank you for the power that you have given in Jesus to bring souls from death to life. We thank you for the freedom that you give by the power of your Holy Spirit working through the believer from sin. We thank you for the joy that you restore in our lives that sin has robbed us from. Father, we thank you for the people who have faithfully prayed and faithfully proclaimed the gospel to each one of these nine people for years, for weeks, for the friendships that you've worked through. And Father, we thank you that we get to share in that joy of their salvation. So Father, I ask that you would use your Holy Spirit this morning now to continue to work and move in our hearts that you would strengthen the weak, that you would encourage the faint-hearted, that you would um, give courage to trust you in weakness. And Father, I ask that you, would, um, that you would continue to work now as we sing, as we respond. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can stand and we will sing.